Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and I'm hungover from my birthday. Hey, everyone. It's been quite a week, but we're here to talk about genre. Episode 5 of Season 3 of Westworld. (sighs) Wow. What a week. Um, Mine was a little bit like Caleb's, but my birthday was fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for the lovely birthday wishes. And yeah, what the hell? Anyway, let's get into it. Genre was again Westworld is it's on the the downslide right now. We're on episode five of season three. There's only three episodes left. So this episode was full of action, full of genre, full of exciting things. And I was joking on Twitter. I'm like, oh cool, I'm so glad Westworld decided to do a musical episode. No, but oh, also, if you hear noises, I think there's a bear doing yoga upstairs. So apologies for that. But anyway, this is where we finally get to see Dolores's plan come together. And it reminded me a lot of Black Widow at the end of Winter Soldier when she releases all the, you know, shield reports and everything like that. I'm jumping right into spoilers, but let's just get I think that helped last week uh, make sense of kind of the twists and turns where 
mentioning the the kind of spoiler moment and then kind of working our way back. So basically this episode revealed at least the first part of Dolores's plan, which was to essentially because throughout season three we learned that there's the Rebo um, I finally got it correct, the Rehobom the Rehobom? I called it the Rebo Bomb. Also I said that this is um, the behind the music, the Rehobon edition, because a big part of this episode is Sirak, as played by Vincent Cassell's backstory into the creation of this amazing predictive amazing, um, <laughs> horrifying predictive AI, you know, the algorithm. All hail the algorithm. Anyway, <laughs> I was gonna say I've been doing doing this Westworld recap has been a real interesting lesson in my own watching and viewing habits. And as far as this week goes, this, this week has probably been the furthest since I've seen the episode to actually recording this. So, um, big shout out to, uh, Collider and IO9 for their recaps because it really helps sometimes to read a recap before trying to explain it yourself, even after you've just watched it. So Adam Chitwood did the Collider write up. Uh, I don't have the IO9 one in front of me, but, you know, just go there and you can look at it. And uh, speaking of Collider, Perry Nimaroff from Collider is going to be on this podcast soon. Talking, We're talking about Jurassic Park. Going back to the OG, um, she's going to be on it again. So uh, look out for that. But anyway, a little minor plug. This episode was about par- partially about revealing Dolores's plan, at least the first part of it. And then also learning more about Ciroc and his past. You know, we learned in the previous episode that Paris was nuked when he was a child at some point in our life, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and that led to this idea of creating this AI where it means that there's going to be no outliers and people are going to be safe. I mean, it's classic, like villainy plot. It's the, you know, the empire, it's the, you know, st- it's the whole shield Avengers thing. It's, you know, it's making sure everyone is following along their, I mean, it's, this season makes sense. It's this idea of like the robot, you know, the hosts were on their loops and now, but actually it's humans that are on their loops and stuff. So anyway, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I would only say right now I'm feeling a little bit like, okay, about this season so far in that sense, as far as like the big picture goes. Again, I think the original big picture of season one was just the most uh, eye-opening, you know, so I, I feel like everything is, I don't know, I'm not saying it's predictable, but um, because I'm enjoying the ride, but you know, the, it's very classic sci-fi plot, you know, so, um, but I do like that Dolores essentially has become the man in black, has become the gunslinger in the human world, you know, the idea that that um, Ed Harris's character in season one, you know, he was this mysterious, all powerful being that was going around hunting all the hosts and stuff and trying to sort of free their minds with his brutality. That's kind of Dolores in this season. I mean, she's literally wearing all black. So, but, um, yes. And it's a musical episode. No, essentially. Yeah. You have this idea that Dolores wants to set the humans off their loops because it's almost like that disappointment of like, Oh, humans aren't really, I mean, I think to me, that's the part that's the most interesting about Dolores in, in sort of her journey is this idea of like, she was this naive person who idolized humans, you know, without even realizing it. And then now that she's out in the real world and realizing that humans are no different than hosts, it's like, 
okay, well, now I want to set you free and see what you're capable of, because then that means maybe I'm capable of more than what I really am in a sense. I don't know. But so, yeah, that's essentially the plan is that this is that, you know, this algorithm, this uh, Rehoban uh, essentially has like your profile and it says like, you know, when you die and, you know, percentages of, you know, mentally this and capable of that. And, you know, <laughs> I just want to like open my thing and it's just like Stephen Ray Morris piece of shit. Oh, well, that's not very nice, you know, like uh kind of thing. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that's essentially what happens during this episode is that Dolores basically it's again, if, you know, I'm feeling shades of other, um, other sci-fi stories, which is great. I mean, that's what I love about sci-fi is that it all kind of talks to each other, but you know, Dolores essentially giving everyone their choices back. You know, what I really liked about this episode was that idea of in chaos is hope because in order, if everything is preordained in order, there actually can be no hope because the outcome is already set. So I love that in Westworld in the idea of this show, there is chaos or there is hope in chaos, which I find very interesting uh, when thinking about Michael Crichton's work in that kind of, it's it's not, it's like a weird, naive, not naive. It's like a weird hope. Like the hopefulness comes from chaos. I don't know. That's very interesting to me. And I think actually thinking about it right now, a few days later, I feel like I'm in, I feel like it makes me want to go back and watch the episode. Cause that concept to me now feels very juicy, but I mean, that's really the point of the episode. I'm going to keep this one pretty short just because it's so late and I'm literally going to get to watch a new episode tomorrow, which is very exciting. So, well, we're all going to get to watch a new episode tomorrow, but that's what happens in this episode is Caleb and Dolores and, uh, Caleb and Dolores basically push around Dempsey, Liam Jr. Um, or no, no, yeah, Liam. <laughs> I think he's because also the actor that plays him is John Gallagher Jr., which, by the way, I would say he really shines in this episode. I mean, he he adds layers to his spoiled rich brat routine, but he does it so well and with conviction and everything. I really I felt like as far as like, you know, when you're thinking about characters in a TV show, his kind of role was kind of a non whatever for me. But I feel like in this episode, he was really good. Same thing with Tommy Flanagan as Connell's slash Dolores Connell's. He was really great too. But I mean, really the conceit of the episode is this drug, you know, this matrix floppy disk drug because <laughs> Liam injects Caleb with it. So throughout the episode, again, why I call it a musical episode, it's not really a musical episode, but it's essentially he goes on a trip. Caleb, is tripping out this entire episode while they're basically on the run from Ciroc and, you know, it goes through different things of like noir where he sees everything in black and white. And then he goes into like full apocalypse now, you know, dun, 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 dun. and I mean, really this episode is an advertisement for downtown LA because I, <laughs> anytime I go through downtown LA, I pretty much drive on these streets. So it's cool to see like, you know, guns and shit and just like blowing up cars. And it was very exciting, but yeah, so that's kind of the conceit of the episode in that sense. I thought it was okay. I mean, I almost wish that it would have gone full, um, triangle, like in the X files where in the sense, like everything is redone or like whenever TV shows would have like an old West episode or something or something like that, you know, the drug just basically changes the music and the vibe, but it would have been almost cool to see it like from Caleb's perspective where it's like Dolores is like, I'm a dame, you know, and I'm all trouble. It's like, and they talk like that. And then when it moves into like these different 
these different uh, modes, these different genres, like the actual like actors and outfits and stuff would change. But I think that would be, that would have been asking a little too much and maybe a little bit too much for this show. Cause they still have to kind of keep the through line of what's actually happening. And I would also say that this episode is, um, reminds me a lot of like the half blood prince structure of storytelling. If you remember that book in the Harry Potter series where, in a way it's like, it's an interesting structure because it sort of implies that there's not a lot going on in the present because half of your storytelling is just, um, exposition about a pa- about the past. But I would say that learning about Sirach's brother and these kind of like French, the Winklevoss twin style kind of geniuses that develop, uh, Rebo, uh, Rehoboam, and then their boss, Liam's dad, basically, I mean, he really says, like, he looks like Gennaro. And he's like, we're going to make a fortune with this place, you know, when he learns that they can, like, again, it's this idea of, like, they, the, the AI can predict the future, but then they have to influence the future. I don't know. That stuff is very interesting, too. And I wonder if they'll dive more into that in the next few episodes. But, yeah, it's this half-blood print structure where, if you remember in that book, basically it was just Harry Potter was just kind of having a shitty year because he was saying, you know, Voldemort's back and nobody's really believing him. And then we're sort of learning about, Oh, hi Penny. We're, we're learning about Voldemort. Okay. We're learning about Voldemort's history because I think it, it's that thing of, I mean, I think when you're storytelling, it's hard because you want to balance. I know Penny, you want to balance exposition and plot and you want to be able to move a story forward without dragging it down with too many backstories. So I think Westworld, like all TV shows has that problem. And so you have this big bad villain, Ciroc, which like, again, you know, if maybe if you were telling a full story from the beginning, like maybe you would have put Ciroc in season one and, you know, filtered out some of this backstory throughout there showing the new king, you know, but it's like, that wasn't relevant to season one. So then you have to sort of find a place for this backstory in season three. And I think I'm actually a fan of late, late game exposition in a way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a fan with it. I think, I think stuff recently has been able to do it a lot better. Again, you have things like Endgame or even people, when they talk about the way that you should watch the Star Wars saga, at least the original six movies, where instead of watching the prequels, then watching A New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi, they suggest watching it A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. And then because you have this revelation that Darth Vader is Luke's father, sorry, spoilers, has anybody been able to say, I feel like that and the sixth sense, nobody can say those spoilers without saying, sorry, spoilers. Anyway, we're all on loops. And, but essentially, once you learn the revelation that Darth Vader is Luke's father, then you go back and learn his tragic story so that when you have this confrontation in Return of the Jedi, it's more meaningful because now you know the full story behind the tragedy of Darth Vader. So you could say the same for this, where, you know, Sorak is kind of this mysterious villain. But now that we now that we know what Dolores' plan is, knowing the journey to get to undoing that, the thing that Dolores is undoing, makes it more meaningful because now we know the stakes. So I don't know. Let me know what you think if you're a fan of these. Like, I mean, because essentially this episode is like half just Dolores running with Caleb running from point A to point B. 
and and then the Ciroc backstory. So it's almost like this thing where it's like half the episode is like interesting filler, quote unquote filler. And then the other half is just like this really cool backstory, essentially, on Ciroc and his motivations and stuff. And so essentially, yeah, it gets to that point. And, you know, I think that's the thing that's interesting is we didn't see Charlotte. We didn't see the Char Dolores or uh, Dolores. Hail Dolores or no, no, I think it's Shard Dolores this season and Hail Dolores uh, season two. There was an interesting article uh, in interview with Tessa Thompson. I can't remember where I read it, but about the difference between calling her Hail Dolores and Shard Dolores or something like that. And how this season is more Shard Dolores because you're kind of learning who the original Charlotte Hale was versus, you know, Hail Dolores was the, was more just the business person. But yeah, it was interesting. We didn't see, Charlotte or Maeve. And I mean, I think, you know, last we saw Maeve left for dead and I don't, I forget where we left Charlotte, but she was just trying to just trying to keep it together. I think if I remember, but yeah, I mean, it's, but with this revelation, you know, the episode with everyone in the streets, like mobbing each other and stuff. And then the wonderful shining music. I mean, I will not get over that score for the shining there. I think I did it right <laughs> from memory. Oh, also they did Iggy Pops like night clubbing and stuff. There was, I mean, for 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 me to say it's a quote unquote filler episode is I'm I feel like I'm being pretty dismissive about it, but because it was a lot of fun, you know, and I appreciate that because um, I feel like people don't give Westworld enough credit for being funny sometimes. And so I kind of like that. They kind of, you know, unbuttoned their shirt a little bit and wore some sandals and, you know, went to the beach with this one because, you know, it, it was definitely a lot more fun than it was probably the most fun episode this season. I would say, cause we got, um, Lena Waith and Marshawn Lynch back, you know, to help out the gang. I'm trying to think of what else there's left to say. Oh, they killed Palm Clementoff, which kind of sucks. Um, I mean, she wasn't really in the season that much, but they, because <laughs> again, in part of this plan of getting access to re, uh, to Rehoboam so that Dolores can unleash the, everyone's sort of user profile so that everyone can see their fate and then now have a choice in this chaos and anarchy. Del uh, Dolores Connell, Connell's Dolores sacrifices themselves by blowing themselves up so that uh, Ciroc can't, I don't know, like steal her or, or steal that host or whatever. Um, I guess revelation is that Stubbs is back, which makes me really happy. So that was a great thing. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I feel like Bernard hasn't really had a huge role this season. And I'm so curious to know it's, I mean, it's hard cause this show is so short, you know, it's eight, eight episodes. So it's like, but truly like Bernard's been, you know, Jeffrey Wright's kind of barely been, you know, I think his, like the first episode, I feel like was kind of where we were in the most headspace of where he is. And then this episode, we got a little bit more of, you know, that idea of breaking people off the loops and, you know, Dolores is a freedom fighter, you know, and I love that we, cause in the first season opening credits, we had, I mean, what I always assumed was Evan Rachel Wood on the horse firing the guns and stuff in the opening credits. And so I love that we kind of get that here. Um, you know, when she's in the car firing the big grenade launcher and stuff like that. But, you know, I think this is, you know, Bernard is just unsure of where, where he fits in this world. You know, I think he's with the host, but well, I don't know. I think he, 
what what's interesting is when where this episode leaves is that Bernard still has a role to play. I think that's that's what's important, and I really hope that he gets a little bit more juicy, a juicier part to play. I mean, that's what's so interesting about doing stuff like, you know, doing these kind of TV show things, these TV, oh, these little TV show things across multiple seasons is that some characters end up being more useful than others. But if you don't kill somebody, but you still need them, how do you continue to develop? And how do you continue, you know, when is someone's journey finished? You know, where, where is Bernard going to go from here? I think and I think the last th- three episodes are all over an hour. So I think there's still plenty of time to develop their stories and everything like that. So, oh, for some reason. So the episode ends with they basically Lena Waith's character kills um, Liam, the rich kid and Dolores and Caleb have to take off. They have to they have to escape. And Caleb is handed a mysterious bag and Dolores and Caleb kind of share a moment. I really like that moment because again, it's, I think some people, I mean, again, in this episode too, they're sort of saying like, Caleb, do you know why you're doing this? Why do you, are you following Dolores? Like he finally sees her get shot up and is okay. So he's starting to question what Dolores is, but I love that Caleb questions her. I mean, you know what? Again, partially being dismissive of the episode, but also like, there's some really truly great moments, you know, Caleb being like, do humans, you know, deserve or need to know their fate? Like not everybody needs to know the future. And, but then Dolores like is able to give it right back to him and is like, yeah, but you, you did, you wanted to know. And he's like, well, I'm not like other people. And she's like, neither am I. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like that's what made this all worth it. I don't know. I'm so curious to, I mean, there's three episodes left. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just going through like the normal stages of what it's like to watch a show in real time ish. Uh, sorry again for this late episode, you guys, but yeah. So it's like, this is where, this is the emotional journey because I watched Westworld season two over the course of probably a week and a half. I think I watched like, it was almost like watching two or three episodes break one episode break, two or three episodes break, kind of watched it in that kind of chunk format. I don't think I watched more than four episodes in a row. I think the most I watched was like three episodes. So yeah, I mean, it's, I wonder if this season would also benefit from a binge, but I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I mean, it's, and to be fair to the filmmakers, I don't, you know, to the TV makers, I don't think that this season, I mean, this season is way more straightforward than season two for sure. But I, I, I think it's a little... I mean, what's nice is it is a mix of season one and season two in that sense. I don't know. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyway, let me know what you think. Let me know if you're enjoying this season so far. I would say I'm still really enjoying it. You know, we have the stakes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but maybe this is just what normal (laughs) weekly TV watching is like. Let me know if I'm just losing my mind. (laughs) So anyway, thanks for thanks for listening. Um, I will be back with more Jurassic content soon. Oh, I just wrote an article for the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles of cool dinosaur content to consume right now. Check that out. I had really fun I had really fun. I had a lot of fun writing it. Thank you again to the museum for asking me to do that. It was really fun, and I hope you all enjoy that. Oh, Breno White, a.k.a. Beeksels, a.k.a. Bonnie Puns, has a brand new podcast called Mouthhole. It's about food and eating and all that good stuff. So take a listen. I'm the first guest, Annalise Nelson, who's been on this podcast before. Amazing musician, podcaster. She did the all the music because there's a bunch of fun little segments and songs throughout Mouthhole, so check that out. And yeah, yeah. Hope again, hoping to be back with more Jurassic content to content soon. I did a lot of interviews over the last couple weeks, so just need to get my ass in gear. I'm still hungover for my birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And oh, I get a new episode tomorrow. That's really exciting. Ah, okay. I really like this episode. Okay. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.